When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back, Ram fans. Mark from Rams up here. Another disappointing second half by our Los Angeles Rams, and they fall to the Philadelphia Eagles 23-14. Things looked pretty good in the first half. This offense was popping. The defense was hanging with a very good Eagles offense. Gave up that late drive at the end of the first half. That kind of had a sinking feeling when that happened. I've seen this movie before, and it is a trend. It's a trend that continues to hurt our Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk about this first half. I'm watching this game, and I feel like I'm watching a playoff game. I feel like I'm watching two teams that are playing at the top of their game, littered with stars, and have everything it takes to make a playoff run. Now, whether the Rams will or not, that remains to be seen. Obviously, the Eagles will. Actually, you could really say they already are. Eagles opening drive, it's a Dallas Goddard show. Four receptions, including the six-yarder for the touchdown. Move it down the field. I wouldn't say easily, but very methodically take a 7 nothing lead. The Rams come back and answer with a drive of their own. They have to convert a fourth and one. Cooper Cup instantly reintegrated into the offense. And then the touchdown pass to 2-2 Atwell to tie it up. Next possession, the Eagles convert a couple of third downs. One a conversion to A.J. Brown. Another a Hurts scramble. But they end up punting all the way down to the Rams' nine-yard line. But the Rams do a good job of flipping the field, pick up a first down, and then Ethan Evans booms a 65-yard punt. The Eagles' third possession, Rams almost had a stop, but Kobe Durant misses the tackle on third and five, but the Eagles end up settling for a field goal 10-7. And then the Rams answer with another touchdown drive. Stafford hits cup 
for 39 yards, and then Nakua on third down, a 22-yard touchdown pass, and the Rams go up 14-10. to 10. Less than 40 seconds left, and this trend continues. The Rams' defense kind of blowing chunks at the end of a half, and they give up a touchdown. Big play to A.J. Brown. Darion Kendrick called for the penalty, and then pass interference on Kendrick in the end zone. And on the last play of the half, the Eagles take a 17-14 lead. This is kind of what happened with the 49er game. And it's what happened with the Bengal game too, giving up late scores. And it's a trend the Rams are going to have to break. But they're still in this game down 17-14 to at halftime. Down 17-14, but you feel like they've been cheated. Feel like they should be up. Offense has played so well. And the defense hasn't been that bad some missed tackles, and some really bad play at the end of the half. And unfortunately, another trend that continued was an anemic performance by the Rams' offense in the second half. Can't really pin this on the defense. All they did was give up long drives and force a couple field goals, had one takeaway in the red zone. Meanwhile, the offense in the second half started out with a penalty and a sack, on that first possession, but they were able to convert Puka on a big play. They end up punting, and then their second possession, another big play by Puka, and they got it into Eagle territory, but that was the drive that ended with the fumble with Cup recovering and another punt. Picked up one first down when Kyron broke that tackle on third and one. Stafford missed the big play to 2-2. That could have been a game-changer, but they end up punting again. And then they had that final possession game pretty much over. So a pretty sad performance by this offense. They get shut out in the second half. Remember, Rams went ahead 14 to 10 with 30 something seconds left in the first half. And after that, the defense gave up that really sad drive at the end of the first half to allow the Eagles to take the lead. And then after that, it was pretty much a second half watching The Eagles march down the field methodically. The Rams stiffening up in the red zone, a takeaway, a couple field goals. But meanwhile, the offense is getting nothing done, really put our defense in a bad spot. And you have that final score of 23 to 14. After watching this offense in the first half, hard to believe they couldn't get anything done in the second half. So what does it all mean? Much like Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart said at the end of the game, this Ram team is positioned well moving forward to make a playoff run. They're going to be in the mix. They need to figure out a couple of things, though. Two and three, got some winnable games coming up. They get the Cardinals, the Steelers, and then they travel to Dallas, and then they travel to Green Bay before they're by. They need to win three of those. Two and two in that stretch wouldn't kill their season, but... Three and one would be mighty nice. Let's talk about some of the things I predicted about this game. I thought the Rams were going to win in a high scoring game, 34 to 33. And you know what? It might have played out that way if the Rams maybe had just let the Eagles score a little quicker on a couple of their drives and if the Rams' offense had showed up in the second half. But yeah, I was a little bit off on that score. What were my fearsome four keys to the game? My fearsome key number one is I thought the Rams were going to have to air it out and attack this Eagles 
secondary, and they did, at least in the first half. Looked like it was working out that way, going to play out as I expected. And then it kind of fell apart in the second half. Here's some key number two. Someone has to limit A.J. Brown, and we failed on that. He finished with 127 yards receiving. I'm not sure why the Rams were lining up Darion Kendrick on him. That is not his forte. Maybe they just view it as, you know, learning on the job. But that strategy really hurt the Rams in this game. Maybe just put Witherspoon on him all day long. I don't know. For some key number three, let's limit their run game on first down. And I think we were pretty good at that. I probably shouldn't have called this a key to the game because the way this Eagles offense runs, and, you know, I haven't really seen them that much, to be quite honest. But it doesn't matter if they're second and nine. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter if they're third and six. The way Jalen Hurts can extend plays and do the damage that he did against this Rams defense, I should have called out a key here of limiting Jalen Hurts. If you're going to give him time to throw the ball but take away all his options, but then allow him just to run around like he's the next Barry Sanders that's not a good strategy, and that really hurt the Rams. We'll get into his stats in a minute. It's pretty impressive. And fearsome key number four, the team that finishes in the red zone is going to win this game. And at the end of the game, the Eagles were quite content just to kick field goals, it seemed, uh, that could have possibly come back and bit them. I mean, they were trying to score, obviously, but their inability to finish in the red zone didn't hurt them in this game because the Rams' offense went incognito. So in summary, I think the real key to this game, if in retrospect, hindsight's always 2020, right, is do not let Hertz escape from the pocket or at least limit as much as possible the yards he's able to gain on the ground when things fall apart for him in the passing game. And number two, hey, Rams offense, you got to do your part. Put some points on the board. Stats of note, Stafford threw for 222 yards and two TDs, most of that in the first half, it seemed. Cup in his first game back, eight catches for 118 yards. Nakua, seven for 71 in his second TD. Now, if there's one thing we learned, this Rams offense is going to be pretty dynamic with both of these guys out there. And Tutu Atwell, a little bit of him too. Pan Jefferson, I saw him out there once. I can't wait to see the snap counts. And I'm pretty sure I saw him walking off the field once. He had come on the field to give Cooper Cup a breather and Cooper ran by him, and lent out his hand for a low five. And I'm pretty sure Van Jefferson either missed it or just wasn't in the mood. Not a good sign. But I will say something about Rams wide receivers, and I've mentioned this before. You saw Devontae Smith pouting on the sideline, and Nick Sirianni had to put his arm around him and coach him back up, make him feel a little bit better about being left out on this day. Could you even imagine Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup or Isaac Bruce or Tory Holt or Robert Woods pulling that card on the sideline? It would never happen. And that's what I love about this Rams culture. Puka Nakua would gladly go catchless and Cooper Cup get 14 catches for 180 yards and two TDs as long as we got the W and vice versa. I can guarantee you that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Eagles outgained the Rams 454 yards to 249 yards. A lot of that had to do with the number of plays they ran. 78 plays to the Rams 55. They had 28 first downs to the Rams 17. Hertz was the leading rusher in the game, 72 yards, also passed for 303. Big day for Jalen Hertz, had the one touchdown pass early in the game. What were my fearsome four big plays? What were the big plays that allowed the Eagles to come in here and get the win? Well, there were a bunch of plays by the Eagles, and most of them involved Jalen Hurts. He was seen to be in the middle of everything, as you would expect. The first one I'm going to call out is third and nine at the Rams 46 in the second quarter. Hertz escapes and converts for a first down. This led to the Eagles' first field goal to give them a 10-7 lead. Then on the final drive of the second half, third and one, Hertz to Brown for 38 yards. Tack on another 14 yards for the horse collar on Darion Kendrick. Sets up the Eagles at the 28. That might have been the biggest play of the game. Or this next one, right after that, a P.I. on Kendrick. And, you know, everybody was just kind of nodding their head. These announcers, everybody, yep, bad penalty on Kendrick. I don't know if I'd even throw that flag. But water under the bridge sets up the Eagles at the one. And you know what happens after that. You knew what was going to happen their little goal line run with Hertz, and they have the lead 17-14 going into the half. How deflating was that? Then in the third quarter, fearsome big play number four, third and seven at the Eagles 38. Rams trying to get the ball back. Hertz scrambles once again, picks up 17 yards to the Rams 45, and that set up the next field goal. Eagles lead 20-14. to Now I'm going to give you a fifth one that was significant. On the following drive, Stafford had 2-2, had an opportunity for a big touchdown pass, would have actually potentially given the Rams the lead. You know, it would have given the Rams the lead. They were down 20-14 to at that point. First and 10 from the Rams, 37. 10-57 left in the game, and Stafford misses 2-2. That was a tough throw, a small window there, but I think he had him, and if he hits him, Pretty dang sure that's a touchdown. Worth noting, so in the Rams' last four games, they've scored 19 second-half points, and they've given up two TDs on the last play of the first half in this one and against the 49ers, and they also gave up that field goal right before halftime to the Bengals. Two trends, they really got a break. I just feel like out of those three games, the Rams deserve to win one, but things are going to even out. They're going to figure it out moving forward, and games that were going against them early on are going to go their way later on. That's usually how it works out. The Rams inactives, a couple interesting notes. Demarcus Robinson was inactive. Austin Trammell now on the roster, so he was active. And outside linebacker Nick Hampton, also inactive. The others were Zach Thomas, Joseph Nopum, and Deshaun Johnson. Johnson and Nopum both banged up. Are there any player props we can give out? Yeah, how about Ethan Evans? 
Four punts for a 53.8-yard average, his longest was 65, inside the 20 twice. He really flipped the field for the Rams a couple of times. And I'm also going to call out Duke Shelley. Now, I think he may have been out there because a couple other guys I'm going to talk about in a minute were really struggling. Maybe he was just an extra DB out there, but he looked like he played well. And Akilo Witherspoon, another incredible interception. He is our best cornerback by far. The other two guys really cost us today. Kobe Durant missing a couple of tackles. He was involved in one of those Jalen Hurts scrambles I already talked about, really poor tackling, and Darion Kendrick. And, you know, I'm not going to put it all on Darion Kendrick. Why are the Rams leaving him on an island out there? Doesn't make sense to me. And as I already mentioned, Ernest Jones had a big day. And how about Cooper Cup? Welcome back, Cooper Cup. Did not miss a beat. Can't wait to see what he does next week when he's maybe in a little better shape. Rams have more time to work with all three of these receivers in the offense. And maybe for Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek going to get involved a little bit. I don't know. But right now, I like our top three, Cooper Cup, Pukunakua, and Tutu Atwell. I got nothing to say about the refs and the announcers. Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt are two of the best in the booth. Love what they bring. They're very fair, very balanced. And uh, once again, I think they got it done. Great job by those guys. Coach's corner, I don't understand leaving Kendrick on an island with A.J. Brown. I already mentioned that maybe two or three times, but it's important. Get that across. And I don't understand how we can completely fold on offense like that with great offensive minds and great skill players. Makes no sense. Don't get it. McVay has to flip that really fast. And I also don't understand, number one, why we abandoned the run pretty much completely and why we didn't get Ronnie Rivers more touches. I think he had one. Now, one of my keys to this game was attacking that secondary, but you got to get these running backs involved. You got to get them some touches. You got to burn some time, let our defense rest. And we completely failed at that. So where does that leave the Rams? Well, two and three, uh, right where we were hoping they'd be. But in retrospect, feel like they should be three and two. Should have had one of these three losses, right? But they're in a good spot. They stay at home next week to host the Arizona Cardinals, a team that's better than expected, but a team that the Rams should be able to get a W at home against. Cardinals coming off a 34-20 loss to the Bengals. And then the Rams get the Steelers, another team they'll probably be favored against. The Cardinals, by the way, dropped to 1-4. and four. The Steelers beat the Ravens to improve to 3-2. and two, And that's a game, trust me, they had no business winning. We'll be back tomorrow with another pod, a Rams rehash. Maybe we'll know more about Bobby Brown's status by then. Have some snap count information and maybe some pro football focus grades. Look for that on our next drop. For now, out here from Rams Up. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.